Or did she kind of backwards? Three, four, three. I don't think anybody counts her in. Like, I think that's why. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome. I'm Colby Calais, and you're (laughs) welcome to Art Poppin' Bottles. Just kidding. I'm Kayla Mation Garvin. Hi, my name is Justin Ganaway. And welcome back to Art Poppin' Bottles. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Um, Justin, we're going to start with our favorite segment. What pop star do you feel like this week? Um, I feel like Natasha Bedingfield, um, because so recently I've been doing a social media cleanse. I deleted all the apps. Um, and so I like feel irrelevant. Um, <laughs> of all the people to choose, I feel like Natasha still has her, well, not necessarily her foot in the current game. But... Well, no. And I also think that even when she was popular, it was not, it wasn't like timely pop. She was just like, I've got a pocket full of sunshine. <laughs> you know what? That no was <laughs> um, on the hills. So, nope, that's the other one. That's the What's other... the other one? Who knows? But I know that it was a um, song. Staring at the unwritten unwritten yeah also but i feel like that my phone like i have a pocket full of sunshine because when i open my phone i'm not like bogged down by social media i love that i love that for you okay so um that's really beautiful thanks i always feel like i should go on a social media cleanse but then i never do (laughs) (laughs) um this week oh gosh i feel like um hmm Oh, um, I feel like Rihanna because I traveled a lot and I feel like that's Rihanna's every time I look at her online, she's always in a new place. Um, yeah, she's an executive. She is an executive. She's an executive. I mean, she's got so many ventures on so many different continents, um, and that's just like me. I thought you were going to (laughs) say Lady Gaga, though, and be like, another bus, another plane, Uh, whatever else. (laughs) (laughs) Um, In terms of this week, we have a number of current events to discuss. And actually, I just thought of one that we have not prepped for, but I'm wondering if we want to touch on it. Spring it on me. Um, I'm curious as to if you, Justin, get away followed the online controversy when rihanna went to jeremy o'harris's slave play on broadway i did hear something about this um i hear they held house for her Mm -hmm. um and then i hear that she was on her phone during Mm -hmm. the production Mm -hmm. um and i oh god i have a a lot of complicated opinions about this um i also want to follow up with the um jeremy o'harris the playwright came out with a lot of statements and uh tweets (laughs) about how she was texting him that she was like texting him about the performance um because they weren't sitting together so that's what he that's what he says is happening he's not Um, gonna like speak ill of rihanna oh of course i mean i mean strike me dead if i ever speak ill of rihanna i'll give my take on this first which is that i think and i've always kind of thought this and actually i remember one time uh we were in a theater class together actually that like (laughs) friday morning theater class that we had first year and I said something like this and everyone turned and looked at me like I was from another planet which is that I think um I really think that there's a relationship between social media and theater that's being shut down by people who are in positions of power and who are in positions of like determining what proper theater etiquette is yeah yeah and I think well and I think even among audiences there's this real sense of like what proper theater etiquette is and like you're off your phone and you're quiet and all these things and you know I think that like there is a relationship with like social media being something that's live and in the moment and if you miss it you miss it and like theater being something that's live and in the moment and if you miss it you miss it mm-hmm. and I feel like because we have these pre-existing rules about like what's proper theater etiquette that we're not exploring what could potentially be a really exciting relationship between social media and theater yeah. and could <laughs> keep theater relevant and exciting to young audiences um, and I think that um, 
personally, obviously, I think that one should always like respect the performers that are on stage and respect like the work that goes into a performance. But frankly, like I think that we need to be a little more lenient about the rules of what is and what is not proper theater etiquette because I do think it also bars a lot of people from entry to the theater. You yeah. know, like if they if they f- feel like their response is not appropriate or that their way of being in a theater is not appropriate, I think it just makes theater really inaccessible. And um, anyway, I su- support Rihanna and everything she does. I. I would 100% agree with you. I mean, is that theater etiquette really only saved for boring, prestigious Midwestern universities at this Ah. point? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then, I I mean, I'll also say, like, I mean, I was talking to a friend, um, uh, and this is sort of related. She had gone to a Billie Eilish concert, and, like, a queen of Gen Zers, like, they were all (laughs) on their phones, like, the whole time is what she said. And honestly, like if you can't beat them join them and (laughs) I I, and also I had a friend who was like Rihanna's an executive like she's fucking paying bills she's like calling she's setting up meetings she's like getting shit done and she's also going to the theater and uh, we won't speak ill of Rihanna (laughs) we shan't we shall not (laughs) on to our next current event um we have a super bowl announcement to discuss J-Lo Jennifer Lopez and Shakira. Shakira, Shakira. (laughs) Um, What's your immediate reaction to this news, Justin? Um, I'm excited about this Super Bowl. So I haven't read an article about it, so I don't kind of know what the scope and how it's going to play out. But like, it's going to be huge. (laughs) I'm picturing dueling stages. Oh my gosh. There's going to be a dance-off. Oh, they're better. Fuck it. If there isn't a dance off, like what do we have this moment of pop culture history for? One of them can sing. I just, I'm excited. <laughs> no, that's the, my first thought. I was like, JLo's going to lip sync. <laughs> but I mean, like when doesn't she? I mean, we, I mean, we love the woman, but not for her singing. No. As we discussed last episode, I feel like. Um, I am excited for the choreo. I'm excited for the outfits. I'm excited for, I feel like both ladies really understand spectacle yes. which i'm excited about oh yeah that's 100 mm-hmm. true and what city is the super bowl in do we know can we ask the sports fans the executive producer is gonna get on um it. i'll just start throwing out american cities <laughs> <laughs> no truly i don't know because i denver don't. <laughs> austin no there's no teams in austin dallas dallas um what San other teams Antonio? are there? There's, I think there's something. I don't know no. if there's a. Um, oh, it's gonna be in there. Miami. It's gonna oh, be. Oh, this is actually that makes. Oh, yes. It's oh my god, that's amazing. Okay. okay. Well, there's gonna be lots of white, and there's gonna be lots of crop tops, and, and I'm we'll excited. be in the audience Ooh, cheering. Let's go. Um, somebody, you know, if any of our fans like really feel flush and want to gift us Super Bowl tickets so we can report live from the Super Bowl, we would be, we would sacrifice and do that for you. Yeah, we'll get on anchor and we'll. Find and live record the Super Bowl. Absolutely. Oh my gosh, you're gonna love that episode. So um, just slide into our DMs if you have that kind of money. Mm. Um, our, our third item of current events, we have a tweet from Lady Gaga um, that we wish to discuss. Um, and I believe it says something to the to the effect of my next album will be called Adele. Adele in all caps. Justin. I love this. <laughs> I'm so excited. I don't know. I and she's I what's funny about this tweet is that she's not really like she's not shading Adele at all. No, I'm sure she fucking she, lo- she doesn't love Adele. She loves Adele. Well, they ha- they always take a picture together at the Grammys, which mm, I think is fantastic. That's cute. And she's she loves a cryptic tweet about LG6. She's like I'm pregnant with LG6 and right, she which... loves to retweet the meme about the, oh, there are 100 people in the room blah blah blah. <laughs> like her social media presence has just been wacky and it's because like she's you know, getting older. And I like this tweet a lot. (laughs) I have an offshoot of this current event, which is that actually over the past 24 hours on Twitter, it emerged that um, Adele and Beyonce had recorded a song together and then Uh. that they had actually not recorded said song together. And then I think this Lady Gaga tweet came out. So I was curious as to if it was referencing that or if she just is always thinking about Adele like we all are. I think so. But what if it's also, what if Beyonce, Lady Gaga, and Adele recorded a... Um, telephone part two because they have been promising that for years. No. 
I no. think that would be so good. That would be really great. I mean, if Rihanna's not going to give us her 2019 album, we need something. Give me something. Um, the last item of current events that we have today um, is an item about Lizzo. So yes. as of uh, today or a couple days ago, Truth Hurts is now um, the longest-running female rap singer of uh, single of all time to be um, number one on the Billboard charts. Thoughts. Wow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Just wow. I'm sure. Well, and so also, excited. you know what I think is exciting is I think that she. I read online today that she unseated Iggy Azalea for oh, that. Thank God. Right? Like no one cares. It, like I think it was fancy before this, and now it's truth hurts, oh. which is just such a great. Great little adjustment. It's funny because those songs are in the same vein, but one's so incredibly contrived. But mm. I also liked it. I don't know. You know, I liked weird. Fancy when it came out, and it was only later that I started to be like, oh What's no. What's happening to you? <laughs> and why are your eyebrows getting closer and closer together? Oh, I haven't noticed that. I'll have to it's take the a Botox. look. Oh, gosh. Um. Um, but I do love it. And I also love that this song is old. This song is like from 2017. Yeah. And it's just now sort of like charting in a big way and it's um I think it's really exciting to see I was telling um Cameron our executive producer um that you know the other day Lizzo was playing on the radio and I was just like you know I I actually have been listening to Lizzo for years and I truly like never thought that I would hear her on the radio out here in Indiana Mm -hmm. you know and I I just think uh, I'm so happy for her success and I'm also happy for my ears because a lot of the pop music they play around here is just like bb rexa oh my god why i'm sick of florida georgia line (laughs) and a crossover no i think that this song like having a two-year like lifespan really speaks to her authenticity and the quality of music that she puts forth um and she performed and she came to bloomington and performed which i actually think is really cool too like it was last year oh why didn't we go it was it was like it was during a pride I think and we weren't here oh gosh yeah. well that's a big missed opportunity for us and I'll warn it for the rest someone of someone also if you want to like Venmo us for a Lizzo concert we will record live from there as well oh honestly oh this is a great idea any concert that you want to Venmo us for we'll attend if it's pop music yeah I'll turn a look too oh yes yeah. okay great 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 yeah. um hit us up Uh, Please. Mm -hmm. All right, so it's time to move into our main feature today. We are featuring... We're featuring a Britney Spears album, Finally, At Last, At Last. I know you've been waiting. We're featuring Oops, I Did It Again, released on May 16th. 2000. Now we're going to bring back a segment that we started with the Beyonce album that I think we're going to try and um, keep up uh, for the rest of this cycle. Um, Where were you when Britney dropped the album Oops, I Did It Again, Justin? (laughs) Oh no, I'm scared. I'm excited. Okay, (laughs) so so um, I was born June 21st, 1995. I'm dead. Which means that I was actually technically Four, maybe five. I can't do oh math. The fans are screaming like, what age like, I was. I was five. You were four in like four. 350 days. Yeah. <laughs> so I was four. Um, but I do remember I, I got into my grandma's van um, and she was driving a Honda. I think it's like it was an Odyssey or something. It was like a minivan. Um, and she was about to take me, uh, I think, to kindergarten or she was picking me up. I don't know. But a Britney song came on. It was Oops, I Did It Again. Um, and like, even then, like I had clocked that oops, I did it again was like a thing uh, out in the world. Um, but (laughs) what was funny about it was I remember this vividly. She's like, I don't like, she was talking to my mom. She was like, did you hear what she wore to Mm. the VMAs? Which Mm. of course my nanny didn't watch the VMAs, but she probably saw it on the Today Show the next day. Sure. Um, and she was like, that Britney is just so indecent. But then she sang along to Oops, I Did It Again. (laughs) And that's how I know my nanny is a moderate Democrat. Oh my God, dead. (laughs) But I think it's interesting. Um, and I don't know if we want to bring it up now, how people sort of policed, um, her 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 transition into being a more like um to being a woman as opposed to like a teeny bopper artist and how even like i maybe she was the first model of like 
people being like, oh my god, she can't be sexual. Mm. But like, yeah, of course she can. Yeah, we're definitely gonna come back around to this in our gossip section. But um, when Oops, I Did It Again came out, I was just about to turn 10 years old. And I think, if I remember this correctly, and maybe I'm wrong about this, but I think that for my 10th birthday, my uncle gifted me um, the Baby One More Time CD, Backstreet Boys Millennium album, <laughs> and Oops, I Did It Again. And, which had... I think just been released and I remember um, I had this like little boom box that I would play this album on, mm. on like over and over and I remember my friends and I would like come up with choreography to the songs um, or like try and catch her moves from the mu music video but we didn't like you know it was on TV so we couldn't like play it back and like learn it we had to just like guess at what she was doing um so i i do um we'll get into this but i listened to this album really really hard between probably the years 2000 and maybe like 2002 2003 um it was one of a, just a few cds i owned along with like the other britney backstreet boys and like charlotte church <laughs> and so like i listened to this shit a lot um uh, but it was it was really surprising to re-listen to it this round and and see what i remembered and what I didn't. Um, so let's move into the look section. So the first thing that we are going to talk about that mm -hmm. uh, you already alluded to, Justin, is the MTV Video Award look. So this is Britney starting in a uh, pinstripe suit and I believe a fucking pinstripe fedora. Which, she like, was wearing a fedora. Dead. Mm -hmm. And also perhaps a teal button-up is what I remember from the look in my head. I don't know if there was a teal button-up. I think it was just like an oversized jacket. You couldn't see anything underneath. Well, our producers will confirm or deny. I I don't think there was um, because she had to quick change into the other thing. Right, but I think if I'm right, the the teal shirt was like a dicky. It was that a was like dicky. A, it was a dicky. It we was like attached, <laughs> and she just rips. Okay, so <laughs> if you haven't seen this performance, you should probably look it up. In the middle of the performance, she like rips off the suit, and underneath she's wearing a skin tone leotard, unitard, it's you know, unitard. full unitard that is also bedazzled. And mm -hmm. so the and I think she also like rips off the fedora so her hair's down. Yes, and you know it's. And for, whipping about. Right, right, right. <laughs> and for 2000, I mean, people freaked out. Yes. People really freaked out. They thought she was naked, all this stuff. Although, I mean, it was pretty clear that she was not naked. And in fact, like, not only not naked, but like, clothes pretty much from her like wrist to her ankles you know yeah. like there was not really a part of her body that she did not have fabric on absolutely um so uh this this look was really scandalous um it feeds into the gossip about her at the era which we'll talk about in a minute but yeah. um what's your take on this look justin well i, I will so with this look i actually like i want to talk a little bit about the opening look i actually think the the fucking pinstripe suit was kind of fierce and what? kayla's brow is furrowed no, it's but just she not, like uh, if you had her, you saw her walk down the um, the stairs in the suit. Like it was a wide leg pant, a wide leg pinstripe, which is actually fashionable now. Um, and it had a bit of like movement and swish to it. I loved it. I, I uh, and I want to draw parallels to the fact that like it wasn't drag by any means, but like it kind of reminded me of Gaga when she did like drag at the VMAs. Oh my god! And so I was like, I kind of <laughs> love this. Um, and then the nude, I actually hate. I. I I have like so I Willem is not my favorite drag queen but one of the like t terms that Willem's coined is like nude delusion and that's what I want to call like what's mm. happening with this like nude illusion uh, unitard nonsense like I, I can clearly tell it's not your skin tone and if you're not rock and roll enough to just throw like throw on something that makes you truly look naked then I don't want to see your bullshit like skin tone matched fabric I don't like it well uh, I mean okay Here's my thing, is that I think it's all hideous. Like, I think the suit is hideous, I think the leotard's hideous, but it was a fucking moment. It, it was. was. such a huge pop yeah. culture moment that, like, it doesn't really matter if it was ugly or not. Yeah. It was defining, it was incredible, and it was, uh, it was iconic. I mean, there's no two ways about it. It's a legendary look, yeah. and it doesn't really matter that it's ugly. Yeah. <laughs> no, I agree with you. I, again, it, like, it rocks to the world and it's time and people are like oh my god someone was naked at the VMAs right even though she was very much clothed yeah um, the next look that we're gonna discuss is the um, I think the most iconic look from the oops 
cited it again music video it's the red latex look um, and she's wearing sort of like a, a 60s type hairstyle with like well I'll argue that it's a fall from her head you know but um, it's a fall, it's a fall. It, it is a fall and um, there might be a bump it in there <laughs> both mm-hmm. both <laughs> two for one um what do you think about this look justin i like it a lot i you know a, a clean latex with like a nice high highlight give me that it's been referenced by miley it's been referenced by gaga this is an iconic incredible strong look that has vision and i i mean what what was lovely about britney is that she really embraced the like turn of the century like 2000s um sort of like robot techno like mindset. xenon vibes oh fuck i love xenon can art pop and b review xenon I sure know. i mean that song's really good yeah supernova Let's, girl supernova girl and then raven just like facetiming in <laughs> um no i like the like this look a lot how do you feel about it oh it's iconic yeah. i think every part of it is nailed from like the she has like a frosty makeup look on to mm. the fall that she's wearing in her ha- hair to the suit itself i think um this look has really stood the test of time um and i think that it's pretty impeccable like i do think that like it um not only it was like iconic for the time but it's going to be iconic for a long time to come do you think the frosty makeup look um paved the way for like the high highlight that these instagrammers are doing a little bit but i and i think part of it is that like stuff is coming back i don't think that like you know that wasn't a thing that was happening in the in the late 90s early 2000s like highlight Mm -hmm. but what what we are seeing very similar um eye makeup looks particularly i think if we look at like visual references um that are really like coming out right now like euphoria there's a big frosty eye trend there oh, yeah. so i do think that like there's a lot of similarities and part of it is you know we're now heading into you know the the, the 20s and mm-hmm. and i think that people are nostalgic for um 20 years ago as people usually are it's usually like a two decade turnover or something like that yeah and i love how people think it's new it's like no we've been doing this forever for right right <laughs> um so next up we have the uh main look from lucky when she's lucky she's a star in the marabou robe with the um i think we can recognize it as a wig the, like old hollywood wig with the soft wig. you're really adding me with um, all these this wig <laughs> but i mean they're all wigs i it mean was, they're wigs it's a really slick look so sure I mean I don't know it could be her real hair no because we see her real hair in the other shots where it's like it's like middle <laughs> parted and it's super layered like layers starting at her eyebrows <laughs> like she loves a layer I yes it was a wig I and I it, it actually reminds me of yes put it in the history books <laughs> it, this look reminds me of like what every drag queen has ever been doing since Violet Chachki came on the scene like we're all into like a Marcel wave sort of like longer hair look with a marabou robe and some lingerie. But like it was, I think it's it's interesting that we had like she was eighteen at the time doing this like sultry like burlesque style look. Um, and I don't know if it's believable, but I like it. Um, believable in what sense? Um, I don't know that she like truly understands the depth of the sexuality that she's um, portraying, but I'm not adding her for being that sexual. I just don't think that she fully gets like can embody the sultriness of a look like this, and that's why it comes off. It's very bubblegum. The marabou is not super thick. It's sort of thinner. Um, it's it just seems it seems like she's cosplaying. Um, Dita Von Teese as opposed to like really doing something that's iconic no I agree with that but I think that the framing of the music video makes that clear in that like they have that moment in the middle of the music video where they're like cut and she's like I hate this like she like see I haven't seen the music video oh my (laughs) god this is wild this is the wildest day of my life um it's fine we're gonna watch uh we're gonna watch the music video after this and on the next episode actually leave in the comments uh how 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 deeply 
um, you feel hurt by Justin's not having seen this music video. Like, I was four. I know, but it's been out for so long. Okay, we'll watch it. Okay, so gossip. I think we were sort of talking about this. Like, this is really the era in which uh, Britney starts being interrogated about her sexuality and mm-hmm. the way that she's presenting herself as yeah. sexual or not sexual. Um, and, you know, I think all of that discourse is really, like, like tired and sad like when you watch interviews with her I just feel so sad for her especially when we see like the larger trajectory of her career and how that all affected her I I just feel really sad for her that like these I mean and it was usually grown men though a lot of times it actually was grown women sort of being like why why have you become so sexy why why is your image changed so much when I feel like if you watch um if you watch baby one more time she is sexy too you know like I think that like she um has never really tried to um, deny that part of herself in um, the imagery that surrounds her. It's really just like people started questioning about uh, her about it and she was you know like I'm a good southern girl blah 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 I would never blah 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 and um, to me I just feel really sad that she had to answer any of those questions and I do um, feel like you know the world is not great for female pop stars right now but I do feel like we move past the point where um, girls are getting those types of questions. I yeah, I absolutely Hopefully. agree with you. I don't think that it's the place of a male interviewer or like a, a old Republican women to like be <laughs> like, oh my god, you're being so sexy, but like that's bad. Like mm-hmm. I, what I I I think that she, you're right. From the beginning of her 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 pop solo pop music career, like. Uh, claimed a certain amount of sexuality. I, I especially like the look of, from her, like from the album cover. I think it w- was incredibly timely. You know, we we have the the that like buttoned up vest, the be- like that exposed the belly and the low hip, like sort of hip cutting jeans. I think, and I was, feel like they were lace up jeans too. They were lace up jeans. I think that it was like a fantastic look. I don't think we should be. Um, policing how someone over 18 expresses their sexuality but I I also think it's interesting how she did play into the dichotomy of like I am a good southern girl but like oopsie like I'm doing (laughs) oops I did it again I did it again (laughs) like I think that she was aware of the discourse around her and leaned into it because you know pop music is about about being a provocateur and she in headlines gets you album sales and she was I think uh, uh, savvy in that way. You know, I always think it's interesting to to have this conversation and to think about like, well, was Britney in control of her image? Because when I watch interviews of her from that era, it seems equal parts like yes and no. It seems equal parts like she was choosing what she was wearing, what she thought was cute, what she thought was current, and it was the forefront of like trashy 2000s fashion <laughs> you know she she's never been one for like great taste but she's she she's certainly knew what she wanted to wear you yeah. know um and i feel like um at the same time you know she also wasn't and still is not the like executor of mm-hmm. her her career and her her um finance finances and so i don't know that's just a question i have as to to what degree um, was she in control of all that? Is she in control of all that? And I do feel like more than we give her credit for, or certainly gave her credit for back in the day, but I do have a question as to, like, um, yeah, what, you know, I always just want to see a healthy Britney. I want to see a healthy Britney, too. I do have a theory, though. Like, you know what? The Like, the exposed belly may not even have been about sexuality. I think her midsection is just warmer than everyone else's midsection. <laughs> well, I remember, okay, so at the time I had um, Britney Spears' um, unauthorized biography and it talked about everything, you know, and it all, it pulled, because it was unauthorized, it was just pulling from interviews that she did with all these different magazines. And so, you know, it, ta- it told the story of her growing up, of the Mickey Mouse Club, of all the different um, things she had to do to get as famous as she was. There was also a section on beauty, which I just like poured over about like what she did with her face and all of that and there was also a section on fitness that talked about 
about, and this is sort of like stuff of, uh, of sort of pop culture legend now, how much she like really focused on her abdomen and how much she like, you know, I remember in the book, it was something like, it was like somewhere between one and 300 sit-ups a night she would do, which we now, I think, I think there's some new science about like it's crunches, not push-ups or, or sit-ups or whatever. But um, she she was really on top of that stuff, and I do feel like, you know, like if I was in that good of shape, shit. Yeah. Like, are you joking? My, my belly button would never be covered. Mm. <laughs> like my belly button would have its own area code. Wait, you know? oh my god, I still sort of wish that I had a, like a belly piercing every time I look at her navel. <laughs> really. <laughs> oh my god uh, um so let's go by, track by track through this wildly mm-hmm. uneven album and talk about the tracks on the album so yes. um we've gotten some feedback that you all would like to hear us sing a little bit of each track which is hard for this album because frankly some of the songs are just unmemorable we're a little fucked for um this. so uh we 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 do start with the title track oops i did it again which i feel like we all know how that goes you know oops i did it again to your heart. Um, what do you think about this track, Justin? Um, oh my God, this is I. Th- th- I mean, this album is far from a masterpiece, but this song is absolutely one hundred percent a masterpiece. It may be the best thing Max Martin has ever done. This is the song um, by which all bubblegum pop songs will be measured until the end of time. It's an incredible song. I agree. It soundtracked my early adolescence uh i have no notes it's perfect this also the music video is iconic the choreo is iconic um it's an iconic song next up we have stronger which i mean same stronger than yesterday yes nothing but my way um thoughts I think this is an interesting album. I, I, I don't know that people had started drawing a lot of comparisons between her and Christina Aguilera, but I do think that like this this was a song where they were like, wait, but Britney can sing. Like, Did you hear that riff? She's got riffs. <laughs> um, and I, I do think this is Britney's strongest album as far as vocals. Oh, 100%. Like, I, I was listening so. to this and I was like, wow, she was like... She was really in it vocally. I think mm-hmm. that like when Britney like sits down, focuses, and has like a, a lesson a week, like she can sing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree with that. I think that Stronger's a really, really strong, for lack of a better word, track. Uh, again, iconic choreo, iconic video. I think this song is gonna be, you know, it's 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 iconic. It's almost twenty years later, and we still know all the words. Some it's of a, them. It's a great one-two punch. Oops, I and then stronger. We were like this. <laughs> you so starting off this weird <laughs> album strong. <laughs> I imagine so. Like Kayla and I were listening to this album before we did the pod this evening, and she texted me and she was like, "But wait, this album slaps." And frankly, I was on song like <laughs> three or four, and then we got into the weeds a little bit. Um, but the beginning of this album is so strong you guys it's so strong and then we just fall off we'll talk about that later um i'm gonna request a break because i have to pee let's do a break thank you sorry i just was like oh wow it's britney Welcome back to Art Pop and Bottle. We're so thrilled to have you back as we talk about Britney Spears' seminal 2000 album, Oops, I Did It Again. We're about uh, two songs into the tracks of this album. We we, maybe imbibed a little bit on the break. (laughs) We have uh, discussed Oops, I Did It Again as well as Stronger. And next up, um, we have Don't Go Knocking on My Door. Um, so... How does this go? It's like, don't go knocking on my door. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that... It's like, down, down. Um, So this is also a Carrie Underwood song. Is it? Don't knock on my door. So that's what I knew this song as. Um, I wrote notes in my phone about this song, and so (laughs) I'm gonna Um, pull those up. Great. Let me, um... You know, let me just play a little clip for you yeah. of this song because I think that potentially our audience, like us, have sort of like misplaced this song in our consciousness in that, like, what even is it? So here we have it. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, 
much hot take. It's not bad. I like, it's fun, but it's clearly unmemorable. Here's the chorus, or somewhere in the middle. <laughs> yeah. I knew what you were wildly wrong. Like. No, wrong. that's exactly what I. You were hitting quarter notes the whole way through. Um, <laughs> Um, so I what wrote, do you think about Don't Go Knocking on My Door? I wrote a nice through line from Stronger, and then period, and then I put bop. It's a bop. I, I agree that it's a bop. However, it's unmemorable. We can't ever remember it. <laughs> um, <laughs> and um, it's fun, though. It's a fun song, and I think this is a strong third uh, third track on the album. Yeah, uh, sure. Um, if Yeah, if we can't remember it. Number four. Um, this this song I I don't I'm pretty sure we've discussed this on the podcast before. Britney we Spe- haven't. Britney Spears cover of Ro- the Rolling Stones. I can't get no satisfaction. Um, which I will say actually I think the fun one of the funny parts about this album is she has sort of like phone conversations at the end of some tracks, and so <laughs> yeah. there's a phone conversation at the end of Don't Go Knock It on My Door mm. about like it's like her, her talking about like some guy and. Honestly, these phone conversations are just really delightful. Like, they're really juvenile and silly, but I think that they're really a highlight of this album. Carly referenced them, Mm -hmm. which I think is hilarious for um, the Tell Me the Name of That Song, uh, (laughs) Boy Problems. Carly referenced the the phone conversation almost verbatim for Boy Problems. Um, I want to ask this question now because we talked about it during the break. So, do you, like, the acting on this, especially from Britney, like, truly horrendous, but it's so horrendous that it feels like camp. Do we think that Britney's in on the joke, or do we think that Britney's bad at acting? Okay, oh, ooh, this is tough, because actually when you phrase it like that, I have different thoughts. Like, is Britney in on the joke? What is the joke? The joke of her bad acting? The joke of how bad the material is? Like, I think that she's in on some of it, but... <laughs> not all of it, no. um, but she. Uh, so in in, you know, it's not that she's bad. It's that she's, um, I don't know, earnest or something. Like she's yeah. she's very earnest, yes. and you know, it's that sort of like Disney star shine. And frankly, like I can't knock her for it. It is camp. I don't think she knows it's necessarily as campy as it is, which maybe makes it more campy. But I don't think she's. Like, completely out of the loop. I do yeah. think that she, like, kind of knows, but, like, maybe not a yeah. lot. As what far as the song goes, well, I mean, I think that she's just... I think that she's just a bad actor, but it really works. Like, I I think that she's one of the, like, easiest personalities to spin by a manager, which is probably, like, what led to her downfall. However, that's another story. Um, I think that the song... Uh, I read a lot of reviews of this album in the bathtub this evening. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, everyone was like, oh my god, like, I can't believe she touched, like, the Rolling Stones, which was actually, like, kind of a daring thing to do in the year 2000. Well, especially because she starts the song off sort of, like, slow, and it is a different take on the song, for sure, and it is a very... 2000s like turn of the millennium take on the song yeah but Um, all things considered i think it's successful (laughs) so successful um but truly really successful yeah um a fucking bop i do i do like it i can't hate on it i think it's cute i think it's cute it's cute um next up we have this track don't let me be the last to know which i love this is a song that i remember that i remember singing along to you know it's like you know uh, I think it's about like it, when you have a crush on someone and they have a crush back, but they're not telling you, and just like the agony of being in that state. And I think this song really captures that moment of angst. Um, <laughs> I think it's really just a beautiful, um, a beautiful song about young love. What do you think? I love it. I <laughs> <laughs> I wrote in my notes all caps love. Um, <laughs> Sounds like a track from Emotion. Um, love the falsetto um, at the end. Um, yeah, I, I think it's really fucking funny that we're doing this album after uh, we reviewed Emotion because I think Emotion was like referenced this album profusely, but did it in like such an elevated like pop perfection way. But like this also, this album was also pop 
perfection in its own way. Um, and I love this track. I do too. Um, after Don't Let Me Be the Last to Know, we have the song What You See Is What You Get. This is me. Hey, you. If you want me, don't forget. You should take me she as wants me I to sing, am. Because I, <laughs> I can promise you. Anyway, so that's the song that we are discussing. Justin, thoughts? Um, so I really like this. I just got a text and I was like, ew. Um, but I really like this. Um, <laughs> That's just like Britney would say. There's the one moment on her phone calls in this album where she goes, ew! <laughs> and I love it. I remember loving it as a kid and I love it now. I wrote for this um, proficient pop platitudes aplenty. Platitudes aplenty. Some some uh, alliteration there. Mm-hmm. Um, I... I like this track. I've always liked this track. It's fun. Um, and it is sort of about, I think, her her um, pop stardom. You know, it is about the, the, the title of the track, What You See Is What You Get. Mm-hmm. And I think it does reference, like, a little bit about her fame. And I think it's a fun song that's, like, yeah, okay, well written, and it's a strongish vocal from her. Nothing to dislike. I would say so. I want to draw a parallel to a song that's a little bit controversial, um, but uh, it's the song that Lady Lady Gaga did with um, "Do What You Want with My Body" that she did with R. Kelly originally, and then did with Christina. Um, mm-hmm. I truly, I think that like it's there's a through line there. I think that a lot of the time, at some point in every pop star's career, they have to be like like fuck you, media. Like this is what you mm. see is what you get. Mm, yeah I do think too yeah there's there's a lot of sort of uh tracks about the media's gaze and I think this one doesn't necessarily stand strong among them 20 years later Mm -hmm. but it it doesn't like lose its footing Mm -hmm. I think it's fine Mm -hmm. um next song up this is a girl called Lucky. Uh, no, this is a story of a girl called Lucky. I'm so sorry, Brittany. Um, ding, 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 uh, ding, ding. Early morning. Okay, so thoughts on Lucky. Um, I feel uh, so. I'm gonna read my notes and then we'll talk a little bit. I put LOL Wait. at this '50s intro. <laughs> Um, cause it's like very fifties for like mm-hmm. two seconds. Um, and then it's like, and then I put LOL at the malaise of two thousands pop. Mm. It takes at least four measures to craft a single phrase. And that's true. Like it takes like a fucking minute to get through a single thought and any like fucking song on this album. She like cuts her phrases so much that we're just like at the edge of our seat. Like, what are you about to even say? She wakes up. What happens? Knock, <laughs> knock, knock. On the where? On the door. <laughs> um, but we watched the video on the break and I was thank like, God. <laughs> perfection. Like a truly iconic. I loved it. I, I think that this um, song is the thesis statement for the entire Hannah Montana series. And I stand it. How, what do you feel about this? Oh, it's a classic. And I think, for me you know it was so interesting to me that you hadn't seen the video because yeah. I think that the video plus the song to me is a kind of sort of like iconic pop moment you know like a lot of the Madonna uh, songs that we can't think of without picturing you know what what was going on in the video um for me like a prayer is like that lucky for me is like uh, it's it's elevated by the video, by the silly video, the silly songs elevated by the silly video, and together they're sort of just this piece of like untop, untouchable pop um, culture, like perfection. You know, the the throwing of the glitter, the the her sitting on top of a star in like a truly ridiculous outfit. Ridiculous um, outfit. I, and ridiculous outfits throughout. I mean, I just love it so much. The next song on the album is One Kiss From You. One kiss from you and suddenly... I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I like it. I don't think it's incredible, but I think it's a cute song, very much of its time. Um, We'll discuss as we get into these last four songs on the album. She really does struggle with a song that's not upbeat, I think. Yeah. Um, And I think for this, this one is one that's not a total miss for me. It's a song that I can remember, you know, uh, almost 20 years later, (laughs) you know. It's a song that... uh, is not necessarily any one of my like top five songs on this album, but is uh, doesn't totally lose itself. Sure. <laughs> the next song, Where Are You Now? Um, I put, I wish it was good. Because... <laughs> 
<laughs> don't we all don't we all i, I was i was like because actually the intro is kind of nice it's got like a lovely 80s reference to it the production is there and but then you get into the lyrics and i was like i like a lot of these a lot of the um these song titles reference really classic songs, but they're not anywhere near as good as the classic songs. What are you talking about for this one? Um, I don't know. I think that Where Are You Now references something by Whitney Houston, but I don't remember. I don't know about I don't that. Know. Um, but I, um, I think of, when I think of the song Where Are You Now, I think of there's another song on Michelle Branch's album Hotel Paper called Where Are You Now, which mm. is the one that when I think of this lyric, that's the lyric, that's the sort of melody that pops into my head. Um, I do think Where Are You Now is forgettable and um, sort of just takes up space on this album, unfortunately. But I do. Um, what a read! Takes I don't up think space it's. On this album. I don't think that it's the worst ballad on this album. You're, you're right. Um, <laughs> next song, "Can't Make You Love Me." Um, can't make you love me. It's great. Um, I think that it, the production is very, very similar to "Oops, I Did It Again." Like, Absolutely. Can't make you love me. Um, what you see is what you get, and "Oops, I Did It Again" all have these like very orchestral like hits to them they have um you know her singing probably faster than she sings on any other song um and it's it's fun it's upbeat it gives you like britney with this album does reference a little bit of classic rock i I mean uh, egregiously with i can't get no (laughs) satisfaction but like also with these other three tracks and it is and it works Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think this is another strong song. I think most of the upbeat songs on this track uh, on this album are successful, and I don't think this is a success uh, an exception. I don't think, um, again, it's not in my top sort of songs of this album, but I don't think it's um, I don't think it's a wash. I think it's a cute song. Yeah. Um, next up, we have "When Your Eyes Say It," which I think is the. Uh, I don't know. I think it's the worst ballad on the album. Yes. It's certainly the most forgettable to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know what it you sounds know, like I, even I, now. I, I listened to this album for years, and when I heard it, I was just like, what? What is this? Let's, let's see if I can pull it up for just a second. So this is When Your Eyes Say It. Oh, wow. A memorable start. Yeah. What the fuck? And then there's, like, weird, like, beats production. Yeah, know. yeah. Um, let me see if I can play a little bit of the middle of the song since the beginning was so underwhelming. I mean, I don't care. I just don't care. I don't care. I put hate. I'm so, so bored. Okay, I do remember it now. But only because I listened to this album for so long of my adolescence. All right, the last song on the album, which I... Okay, you know what? Dear Diary is an atrocity. However, it's so funny. She's like, Dear Diary. Like, it's so funny. And I don't think that I... Like, you know, it's not a song that I would play at a party, but then again, is it? Like, no, it I is. I could see you doing really funny. a lot with this song. She's talking to her diary about how much she loves a boy, and I really remember, like, being so into this song when I was a kid, and, like, I remember the font in the CD, what was it called? The CD booklet that had all the lyrics in it. I remember it looked like, like Britney had written it. Like, oh, my God. Um, this song... And there were hearts on the top of the eyes. I mean, of course. Ugh. What do you think about to your diary? <laughs> I so I was laughing really hard at the beginning of this because I looked down at my notes and all I wrote was "Dear Diary: colon, I think she's serious." <laughs> you know what? She is serious, and she that's serious. what I love about this song. She was eighteen. She was singing a song that probably like grown men wrote uh, that was supposed to be a diary entry but you know she means it she has her heart behind it she and you know it. what it's um <laughs> it's really something there's a line it's in really it really something where she's like dear diary like you know me better than anyone or something like to the to yeah. with the with the idea of that which like 
I take issue with because I don't think we can ever know ourselves like as good as people around us know us. So I'm I'm just interested in the in the actual like significance of that lyric and how. Mm, but the like, diary deep it isn't was. herself. The diary is the diary. You know, it's not like her knowing herself. It's the pages of her journal that have heard the outpouring of her heart. You know, they've heard every crack and crevice in her being. And is this the prelude to writer in the dark by oh Lord. my gosh we'll never if know. only <laughs> but uh, uh, clearly Brittany did not write this song <laughs> um <laughs> personal phase from this album mm. we thought this uh episode was gonna be like a tight 45 where are we what are we're we at? at 50 minutes well i don't think we can go a tight 45 anymore <laughs> what are your personal favorites from Oops, I Did It Again. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna do three songs from this album okay. that are all the same. Actually, no, I'm not. Um, but okay. I will say, um, Oops, I Did It Again is <laughs> great. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would say, actually, I can't get no satisfaction would be the really? two. Really? Yeah. The, okay. I pick from this album. Amazing. Mm-hmm. I think for me, it's definitely Oops, I Did It Again. For me, I think over the years, Stronger is still definitely a really um, compelling single but I think for me my my numbers on this album are oops I did it again um lucky and maybe even like what you see is what you get like I don't you know I I like some of these deep cuts here I'm I nervous like, for can't you make for you that love me. you know like I don't know well you, I can't make you love me as good you, yeah. you know so anyway <laughs> The, those are my thoughts. I, I really stand. I think Lucky is a perfect creation. I think Oops, I Did It Again changed the entire planet. So here we are. <laughs> um, what rating do you give this album, Justin? Fuck. After having listened to it three times in one day. Yeah. Probably I, close to four now. Yeah, close to four. Um, this is the thing that I've been trying to think about the enti- for the entirety of this episode, and I don't know if I can answer it still. Um uh, longevity it's i think ooh, it's gonna have to be a cabernet or no and it's gonna have to be like a, a boda box but a very low boda box mm, uh, that's generous <laughs> yeah i well i mean longevity wise like it it like this it, like for in the year 2000 i don't think a lot of people were listening to full albums like and i think that like britney is it will never be remembered for a full album. She will be remembered for the cultural significance of a single. Like, oops, I did it again. Hit me, baby, one more time. Both have like very specific references to culture at that time. Um, a, like toxic. It, it, it's all about. It's all about a single with her. It's all about like the impact and like what her persona was and how she was interacting with the media at that time. So we're never gonna be like, oh, this Britney album was so good. But we're always clearly gonna be you've like, never listened to Blackout. No, actually, <laughs> Black, Blackout's the exception. Is, <laughs> no, I do. Think, I think Blackout might. No, be an I agree exception. with you for for the most part. I do think that this is one of her better albums as a unit of music rather mm-hmm. than a bunch of singles. Right. Um, and for me, longevity wise, this is definitely though like a black box. Mm. Um, uh, I don't know if it is a, a, a um, a sh- would Chardonnay, a Chardonnay be the best? Because it just makes you forget <laughs> it. <laughs> um, but I do think that for me, it's middling because some of the singles on here are going to last for another 20 years, yeah. if not more. Yeah. And then, you know, the other half of the album, I, I listened to maybe like maybe approaching a thousand times and I can't remember it ten, 10 20 years later. Um, so, but like also people like they, I didn't she perform with Michael Jackson during her career? Am yes, I making she did. That up? Yeah, no, like, she, it was. I think for the album following this, I I want to say she had not, she did not perform with him until after this album came out. And people were posturing her as like princess of pop, like mm-hmm. a true legend. Well, she is. She is absolutely. But she it's, is the princess of pop. Like who has? I don't think anyone has really supplanted her in the American imagination as because she Lady like, Gaga. I'm, I'm sorry. No, 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 <laughs> not the same. Because what I think that people saw Britney as you know people 
have always seen Lady Gaga as an artist who was sort of fully in control of her image, mm. fully in control of the art that she put out, fully in control of her visuals. True. And people have always True. underestimated Britney. And people have always considered Britney not an artist. Um, people have always questioned her. And and really, I think it's um, I think it's really sort of tragic that that uh, Britney's had to go through the the time that she has, where even other artists of her generation were not sort of treat I mean no one was particularly treated well but you yeah. know n I think she really went through it because I think she was positioned by a lot of different uh, media outlets as America's sweetheart so I mm -hmm. think that really plays into when we see people get pissed off about her being sexy is because she has been positioned by her label by Rolling Stone magazine by all of these outlets as quote the girl next door mm. and she has been positioned as like this this sweet girl who's like our sister but also like we want to fuck her and I think that it just like was so dangerous because um, even though she might have had agency in like maybe some of the aesthetics of her performances that like I don't know that she's ever been fully fully in charge of the artistic engine that is like quote unquote Britney Spears yeah um, and so for me um, I think that that's sort of her lasting legacy is that she was positioned as as America's sweetheart and, and then people couldn't deal with it when she wanted to go her own artistic way that was not like what the country might have wanted for her as a as a whole. Uh, yeah, and I want to touch on that in like in context. I know we're going off the rails, but I No, wanna... I think this is important. We yeah. can't talk about Britney without talking about the deep cultural impact she's left on our country. Like, I really do think that she is a driving force of... Um, of culture I think, for a good five years of American history. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that she is emblematic of the of Bush era pop. Like I don't mm. think that there's any way that we can talk absolutely. about like the early two thousands and this sort of like return to like this idea of decency, but then also straying from decency. Yeah. Like in in the context of like uh, Bush era, like oh, we're we're like there's I don't know like there was there was such an expectation of how a, f a woman should behave and like she checked a lot of those boxes but then like as a performer like you you can't ever check all those boxes like you're always gonna do something that's gonna piss someone off but I it, it it's it's weird to me like America's perverse. Um, relationship to Britney and what they wanted from her and what um she like had to like what she had to do to like remain famous and popular and like what like mm -hmm. the machine expected of her like she Britney was set up to fail mm -hmm. and was set up to have a breakdown and she was famous at 18 and of course that's going like famous at 16 famous earlier than famous that but her 16. debut album came out I think she was 16 she years was 16. old she was 16 when she filmed baby one more time which is still like just such a, a touchstone for you know anyone I think anyone under like 50 at this point, you know? Yeah. Um, I think that there was like this perverse need for uh, Americans at that point to like d destroy a woman in pop music. Mm. And like it was, it, it's an awful thing. Yeah. And I do think, you know, a lot of, a lot of the women in pop music at that time went through it, but I do think Britney really had it tough. Um, and, um, I think that is part of the why, reason why I love her so much is that she's like, um, she's, she's, she's special and she's not special and that's why she's special. You know, like she's, yeah. she's, she, you were bringing up on break, like, is she talented? And I think that like, like she, she's talented, but like the reason why we love her is not that she is the best, but that she's like trying, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, she's, she's, she, I think that the reason why we have this this moment of like the on YouTube leave Britney alone and now we have the hashtag free free yeah. Britney movement is because you know she's um, 
like it's because we love her and we want her to be healthy we want her to do well we want her to be in control of her career um and and her life and i think that um she's really like more than almost any other pop star just so likable like when you watch her sit down with like any of these horrible interviewers she's always so like charming and she is kind and in respectful and you know when people come at her with intrusive questions she's always just like you know she she feels it in a way that's like so cute you know yeah um which which leads me to believe that she's smarter than people like that she lets on because mm. she is incredible at dealing with the media right and i I think it's you're right that she's likable like we're still like we're still using memes of her on the x factor like absolutely seven to ten years later because like (laughs) she actually like truly like wanted to be nice and help these people when she was on the x factor yes oh my gosh the the memes of her on the x factor truly any any britney gif is just priceless like it doesn't matter what she's doing she's always doing it in the best way speaking of it's (laughs) halloween season which means the return of the truly bizarre video have you seen this it's britney witch where she just sort of like randomly like is cgi flying around a room and she's like not even committed she's like it's britney witch (laughs) Um, we'll watch no, it. I've we'll watch it after it. the episode. So we've rated it um, for longevity. Personal rating? Do you? Is it different or is it the same for you? Uh, I. So I. You know, I was four when this album came out, and like, <laughs> I like I was raised. <laughs> That's the sound of my heart <laughs> shattering within my body. <laughs> I was raised on excellent pop stars. Like when I like really came into <laughs> the world of pop, like people like Beyonce and Lady Gaga were releasing albums and like I I'm hard pressed to find a track of either of their in either of their discographies that isn't excellent in some way and like B was like pretty liberal with the tracks that don't really matter and so I will say that like I'll give this the lowest rating I've ever give I given I don't love this album at all I think it's a really low black box like um a black black box Merlot it's it's not a good album. I think for me, I'm going to give it the same as the longevity because I've been with this album since it came out. I think for me, again, it's a black box uh, Chardonnay because it's forgettable parts of it. But I do think also like like black box Chardonnay, it gets you hype. Like some of these songs are great. Some of these songs are incredible. Yeah. So what if you won't remember them in the morning? <laughs> They're great while they're playing and that that on that all right it's time to thank our team yes thank you so much to our executive producers yes um i love you dearly um aaron barnett and cameron toy for your for your incredible contributions to this podcast again there would not be sound or facts without these two and (laughs) we'd be fucked thank you so much to jeremy smith for our graphics um and shall we let's sing let's just like sing let's sing it out i gotta pull up the fucking lyrics oh i'm so excited Fifties intro. Bum, bum, bum. This is a story about a girl called Lucky. Named Lucky? Not yeah. sure. Early morning, she wakes up. Knock, knock, knock on the door. It's time to make a, a perfect smile.
I'm Roger Johnson from Pop News. Standing outside the arena waiting for Lucky. Oh my god, here she comes! <laughs> oh my god, here she comes! Isn't she lovely, this Hollywood girl? We have a key change. On this. Uh, they just keep saying Apple it Music says it's Thank over. Thank you so much for listening to this. Truly, yes. Justin, are you a Gen Z or are you a millennial? Um, I think I'm on the. I, I, You're a cusp. I'm on the cusp. I'm a cuspian. <laughs> well, I would say that my personality aligns <laughs> with uh, with Gen Z more than anything else. Oh my else. god. Well, mine does on all these BuzzFeed quizzes, but I'm old as Yeah, fuck. that's because you're emotional. <laughs> um, um, I would like you to like, rate, subscribe. Uh, comment, follow. follow, live, laugh, love, Review. another base, bus, yeah. another train. Just get on it. I We love this. Um, also, Kayla Mason Garvin um, is going to have a play produced at IU called Tiger Beat. It really deals with like, what's happening here in this album and other yeah. things. And like, I'm really excited to costume design it. And I'm really excited because you, see it. you have a reading coming up for it, right? I do. October 27th at 5 p.m. Somewhere in the Indian University. Uh, theater building so yeah you're fucking ass there <laughs> thank you so much for listening and have a lovely Britney Phil day count me up 5 8 7 20 2